There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Angie Schick and Mike Wood. Angie Schick is executive director at New Ventures BC, where she oversees program delivery. She's been supporting technology startups for over 10 years and loves working with entrepreneurs. Angie has worked in the technology sector for over 15 years as a project manager, strategic communicator, and market researcher. Previously, she led teams and oversaw game development at legendary Vancouver game developer Radical Entertainment. Mike Wood is the founder of Traffic Driven Technologies, a company using an AI-powered auction platform for buying, selling, and trading cars. Mike has decades of experience in all aspects of automotive retail and leasing, and he's a past president of the National Vehicle Leasing Association. Traffic Driven's goal is to foster change in a massive industry that's been doing the same old, same old for far too long. And to tie all this together, Mike is the winner of New Venture BC's 21st Annual Tech Startup Competition. Welcome to the show, Angie and Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Okay, the first question we always ask here at the Startup Canada podcast is, why should our listeners hang around and listen to this conversation? So, Angie, why don't you start and tell us what you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Sure. So a, a couple things. I think the first is that there are so many great resources for early stage entrepreneurs to take advantage of. And New Ventures BC has many to offer, but also many of our partners and our communities. So hopefully we can share some of those. And also, I would say the New Ventures BC competition is a is a pretty unique competition out here in British Columbia. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to kind of share what it's all about to your audience. Okay, thank you. And Mike, what do you hope people to take away from your story? Well, building on what Angie said, you know, I, I really think for any entrepreneur embarking on 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 a, it's really a journey, uh, and it's a million little steps that you're taking. And the more help you can get along the way to guide you on that journey, the better. And um, 
I know that, uh, as Angie said, you know, there's a lot of a lot of assistance out there. New Ventures BC was a wonderful um, opportunity for us to really hone in on our business and to think about it and to make it better. And that was just part of their their overall process. So it was really quite enlightening and happy to share that and the little knowledge tidbits we have along the way. Okay, good. So let's start out by just finding out a little bit more about New Ventures BC. Angie, can you tell us about your journey with the organization and how it uh, helps entrepreneurs? Sure. So New Ventures BC is a not-for-profit here in BC, and we are funded by a mix of great government support, primarily our title sponsor, Innovate BC, and corporate and university. So it's a partnership, and the whole idea It's 21 years old now. We're going to start our 22nd annual competition later this year. And the whole idea is to support and recognize early stage tech entrepreneurs. And we do that by offering education, mentorship and uh, prize money, of course. But we're hoping that the journey is where you get the benefit. So along the way, no matter how far you go in the competition, you will get some type of value. In terms of how I became involved with the organization, I've been involved for over 10 years at a at a you know really active level but i've actually been involved since the very beginning so i've i've kind of been able to see the journey of new ventures bc uh you know i was just a student at the time when it started so it's been a kind of interesting experience for me and and i've really stayed with new ventures bc because every year is different and it's really quite inspiring to get to interact with all these these entrepreneurs so that's kind of uh, why i'm still here Okay, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the the prize money because we're going to talk about that in a minute. People are going to be surprised, I think, but we'll hold that off while we hear from Mike. So tell us about your career and how that brought you to traffic-driven technologies. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Um, you know, so I started in the auto business when I was very young. I was washing cars for a Volkswagen dealer while I was in high school. Um, and worked my way up and instantly kind of fell in love with the business. I always had a passion around cars, so that was part of it. Um, And I always thought, you know, there's a better way to do this. And and I I kind of looked at the consumer experience and thought, man, why does the second most expensive asset of your life have to be such a painful process to buy and sell? Um, So I ended up starting my own dealership, and we'd end up winning, you know, best auto dealer in Vancouver for 10 years running. Uh, And I learned a lot. And then... I kind of looked at the space and I always wanted to be in the tech business. I always had a passion around it. We actually built a software system for our own dealership at one point in time. And we were thinking of monetizing that about a decade ago and then never, never, never got that off the ground and then started traffic driven um, just at the beginning of COVID and really looked at it and said, how can we make a massive, massive change, both serving consumers out there that are looking for a nicer, kinder way to buy and sell a car but leveraging existing dealer inventory and infrastructure, which is kind of exactly what we're doing. And we're using AI to to make everyone's life a little bit easier. Interesting. And are you in operations now with Traffic Driven? Because the last time I looked at your site, it still said a stealth mode on it. It, it still says stealth mode on it, but we have launched uh, private betas. Uh, and what we do, just to let the cat out of the bag here, um, is we give consumers the ability to walk around their car from home their current car because most people say you know what i want to buy a new car but what am i going to do with my first my current car first right and for most people they have to sell one car to be able to buy another one 
Um, so what we do is we let consumers use their use their phone. They do a guided inspection of their car. It's about 13 photos. It even gives us the tire tread depth remaining on their tires. And then we package that up in a, in a nice little format that dealers trust. And we put it up into a short 45-minute auction where like 100 dealers compete on a car. Um, and the results have been pretty remarkable. So we, we're in that private beta. And just to give you an idea, we ran a beta auction last Last week we ran 17 cars here. We sold nine of them, uh, and one of the one of the results, the consumer had a check in hand, and the car was out of their driveway within two hours of the auction ending. Um, and another consumer shared that they had been they had a they had a Porsche Macan, and they had been to the dealership and wanted to trade it in, and they were offered forty thousand dollars. And then the second time they went back and you know really tried to grind it out, they got up to forty three thousand dollars. And this auction provided them with $48,700. Um, and then they were still able to use it as a trade-in on that car that they wanted to buy and save the tax. So kind of cool. Ah, very interesting. Okay, so pulling these strands together, um, you entered, Mike, you entered the uh, the the new startup competition by, from New Ventures BC, and you won a prize of 110 thousand dollars yeah that's pretty awesome most entrepreneurial rewards program i've been involved with you know may give you a free dinner but they'll probably charge for your friends to come so that's a pretty good <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good uh takeaway so tell us how that the uh, money is affecting the, the the development of the company how's how's it changed your life so far well you know what it was pretty awesome so i i kind of want to I want to share on something that I think is even more impactful than than the money. The money is awesome. Don't get me wrong. One hundred and ten thousand non dilutive is amazing, um, you know, and we're so happy about that. And I'll share with what we're doing it. But I think the coolest part for us was really going through the process, which is is not easy. It you know, there's multiple stages and multiple submissions, and then it com com culminates in a in a pitch and a Q and A that takes about forty five minutes, and you learn so much about your business. You think you know about your business. And for instance, we had a 31 page business plan written. Um, and then the first submission had four questions, as I recall, and it was a two page submission. It may have been five questions. Man, did we have to do some thinking to get those answers, even though we had this huge amount of information, we understood our business, but really the amount of thought that had to go into every stage of the competition, that's where I'd say, was one of the massive value points and also the mentors that we met to assist us in synthesizing what we were trying to get into that, you know, four page submission, eight page submission, um, really, really, really was probably the, the best benefit of all. And we've met some mentors that were, you know, the competition uh, provided us with mentors and we talked to them on a regular basis after the competition. So, so pretty cool. And the $110,000, I mean, we didn't go out and buy a Ferrari. That was my first uh, plan, but uh, that was frowned upon. So uh, we're using it to, to further our development and also uh, for our marketing dollars. Fantastic. Angie, the way Mike uh, described the process of entering the competition, it sounds like you've tried to turn that into like an, an opportunity for entrepreneurs to learn. Is, have we stumbled upon a secret here? <laughs> yeah, I would say I think what makes it an interesting competition 
as Mike mentioned, is the process. And it's, we all, I always differentiate it. It's not a business plan competition and it's not a pitch competition. It is truly a venture competition. So if you're going from beginning to end, it's a six month process. So, so as Mike said, there is good amount of work and, um, and, uh, you know, it's not easy, but um, the whole idea is by going through the process, by going through, uh, we have four different rounds of competition. If you get to the end, you're going to learn about your business. And, and the idea is not to waste your time. Of course, the hope is as you go through this process, you're only going to improve your business. And the, the prize money, I think there's also, in addition to the 110000 I just love saying that figure, in addition to the $110,000 <laughs> first prize, I think there was a $60,000 second prize. Is that right? And, and, and other prizes. So where does that money come from? And does that really help to attract attention to the program so that more people will apply and then more people will actually benefit from the various mentoring and, and learning that goes on during the application process? Absolutely. I mean, of course, it's it's a wonderful carrot to hang, right? So I think in total, we have $200,000 in cash, plus a whole bunch of uh, in kind. So it's, it's, and it's across about six to 10 prizes. And it, of course, varies a little bit each year. But the core of the the, the cash is because we have a really supportive ecosystem and a really supportive uh, partner in Innovate BC, who is our title sponsor. So Innovate BC is a crown corporation dedicated to supporting the tech ecosystem here in the province. And they've been our title sponsor for over 10 years now. And, you know, 10 years ago, or I guess 11 years ago now, I think the overall prize envelope was maybe 60 or 80,000 around there. And it was still a great process and, and competition. But when Innovate BC came in at that time, they they wanted to up the prize stakes because they wanted to really bring more attention to to the overall process and get more companies in. And I think it did help raise the bar because it just attracted more more companies. It, it became, you know, amount of money that was worth everyone taking a look at. So I think it's, but you know, it, it has, uh, it has made a difference. And it's every year we've seen higher quality companies come through as a result. So size matters. Yeah, I mean, I think we don't necessarily need to go too much bigger, because you also want to make sure you're not you know, it's not too much money for a company at, at the early stage, but you definitely want enough to make it make it worth a conversation. But I think the overall goal for for new ventures is while the prize money is great, I always say to companies, we get about over 200 applicants a year. And I always I always like to be pretty upfront. You know, there's 200 companies, there's six prizes. So <laughs> I, I don't want you to entering only because you think you're going to win. I think if you, the winning should hopefully be the, you know, a topper, but the, the, the hope is that you're going to be benefiting in, in other ways as well. I'm pretty sure most BC entrepreneurs, like most entrepreneurs across Canada, understand the the chances of being a salmon trying to a salmon baby trying to find find their way to the sea. So the, the I'm I'm pretty sure they know that the the odds are against them, and hopefully that only makes them, you know, more excited about taking part. Oh, absolutely, and and I think I think everyone. Everyone enters for different reasons as well, so I should also add. So it's not always the prize money. A lot of people now are entering for the recognition 
for the process. So everyone's got different reasons for entering. And uh, I think that it just goes to show that we, we try to make sure there's different different angles to the competition. So, so there's a little something for everyone. Mike, getting back to you and traffic-driven technologies, you know, you're trying to disrupt an, an industry that's been around for 100 years with the car dealership model that we have with all of its um, uncomfortable and, and self-serving practices. Um, what are the challenges and the opportunities you're seeing in this space? You know, thanks for asking that, Rick. And, and I, th I, I think everyone has always had an experience at a dealership where, where they cringe. Uh, and, it's, and it's really sad because there's a lot of great car dealers out there doing great business. Um, they're, you know, in every community, they, they contribute to the communities. And, and I think they have a bit of a bad, bad rap, but they kind of bring it on themselves in many ways. Uh, and there's always been this information asymmetry that exists. And, and it's really kind of frustrating for consumers. And, and, you know, everyone loves a new car in their driveway, but no one loves the process to get it there. Um, and you know, as soon as we tell people what they're doing, they're like, oh, finally, someone is, is fixing this kind of broken wheel. And, and you know, but car dealers are, are there. There's lots of people that work in them. Um, they contribute again to the communities. And, and what we're doing is kind of giving them the tools to compete with the guys that are trying to disrupt it entirely differently. Um, you know, you have in Canada, you have Canada Drives. If you're in BC or Ontario, you probably see their trucks driving up and down the freeway. And, and, you know, these guys raised $100 million and they've started to, you know, go out there and, and try and really take a run at traditional car dealerships by letting people buy cars online. And, you know, Tesla proved that out way back when, 2012, I guess they originally came to the fore. And a company in the U.S. called Carvana really came up in 2012. And by 2019, they were the number four retailer of used cars. And last year, they were the number two retailer of used cars in the States proving that you can buy a car online in a more comfortable way by focusing on that consumer experience. Um, but the thing is for consumers, uh, you know, Canada drives has 700 cars uh, for sale across the country. Uh, there's not a lot of choice there. Uh, Carvana in the U S has 30,000, but still if to put that in perspective for you, uh, 60 million cars change hands in the United States each year. So 30,000 cars in inventory, it sounds like a lot, but it's, it's, it's not. Um, and what we're doing is we're giving dealerships the same tools and giving consumers that experience that they're looking for, um, but leveraging existing dealer inventory and infrastructure. So, you know, at when we launch, uh, we already have over 10,000 cars available for sale. Um, and that's a whole lot more than 700. Um, and, and really it's giving consumers the ability to still test drive a car because most consumers say they still want to be able to do that. Um, but at the same time, really driving that value for the consumer's trade-in and nobody online or offline is driving that kind of value for a trade-in where people are actually actively competing in an auction format to buy that consumer's car. And then they can use it as a trade-in on any car from any dealer on our platform and save the tax. So it's, um, it's, it's a pretty great tool for consumers. They seem excited about it. And at the same time, um, dealers are excited about it too, because it gives them more opportunity to buy cars directly from consumers. Uh, 1.4 million cars in Canada each year transact peer to peer. And I can't think for a moment that's because someone likes someone coming to their door to test pilot their car. Um, it's just that they like that better than going to a car dealership. That's, that's, that's a great way to put it. That, that really, uh, 
that last sentence of yours really, really uh, states well the, the, the whole situation facing uh, people involved in trading in their car, selling their car, and buying a new one. Um, so help me understand the business model. Are you are, are are do dealerships sign on with you, or do they just participate in auctions whenever they want? Is it a subscription model? Uh, uh, how does it work? Great. Thanks for, thanks for asking. It's, it's twofold. So we're a two-sided marketplace, essentially. We allow consumers to sell their cars directly to dealers. Dealers can buy those in an auction format. Uh, but we also display all the dealers that we have on the platform, uh, all their inventory. Um, and it's available to consumers to buy or trade. And we charge dealers a very small access fee to the platform between $1 and $2,000 a month. And to put that in perspective, the incumbent in Canada's auto trader, as I think we all know, and trader charges the dealers that we have on board anywhere from, well, a low of $10,000 a month to simply advertise cars and not actually transact. And we have a single dealer, single store, not a group that pays over $60,000 a month to advertise cars. Um, so our little our little one to $2,000 a month access fee, and then we charge dealers a transaction fee. They buy a car, they pay 1%. Uh, they sell a car, they pay 1%. And that's in line with what they pay at the wholesale auto auctions anyhow, so they're used to it. So there's nothing new except that they can now pay for performance rather than just, oh, maybe we'll sell this car. We're not sure. And and we're really giving them a lot of AI-powered data about their inventory and what works for them and what doesn't um, and, and making them less reliant on their used car manager to make decisions that I can tell you sometimes is like a shot off the hip and, oh, yeah, we should sell that. Oh, yeah, that's a good car for us. But the data says, no, that's not such a great car for you. You know, you're, you, you transact them very slowly and you never make any money on them. And, and we just kind of bring that to the fore, tailored to each dealership, um, letting them know, you know, what's reasonable to bid on that consumer car for them. And then on the consumer side, you know, we're really driving the value for their cars and we're giving them complete transparency on the new car they're buying from the dealer. Uh, new car or used car, we do both. But we give them, you know, the Carfax report, the vehicle inspection report, all the vehicles show up with all the factory information. So you know, they can finally compare apples to apples because our data set basically takes the dealer's information, scrubs it, makes sure it's correct. Uh, because let's face it, you know, if a Honda dealer has a BMW for sale on their lot and it came in on a Tuesday night and rainy, one rainy Tuesday night, um, guess what happens? They don't necessarily know all the options on the car and they just kind of guess. Uh, and then a the consumer makes a decision to go buy a car and they can't rely on it because the car doesn't have that heated steering wheel and that sunroof they were looking for. Uh, and it's disappointment. So we're trying to engineer that out of the process for, for everybody. Wow. Angie, what do you think that uh, the judges in your startup competition saw in, 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 in Mike's company? Well, what is it that made them think that traffic-driven technologies was worth the first prize. Yeah, I've been pretty excited just listening to Mike dig into it more. I've been thinking, oh my gosh, I don't need to try and sell my car next time. I need to. Great. I'll send you a text message with the link. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> um, it. I think Traffic Driven is, is a great example of a company. They they were in stealth mode when they entered. They are. They were, I believe, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, pre-revenue, though, when they pitched. Um, but they were able to convince the jury that there was a clear market need, huge demand, 
and there this was a team in place to execute it correctly. So often some in the startup competition, sometimes I always find it funny because the companies in revenue think they're at a disadvantage and the companies who aren't in revenue think they're, you know, they're at a disadvantage. But in essence, the jury really is looking for the most promising overall venture where they see can have a really large impact. They're looking for that next unicorn potential company to come out of uh, to come out of the province in the competition. So with traffic driven, I think it really was a great combination of really well defined market, really proven team with the right experience, and a really good story. They were able to convey how this is this is a gap in the marketplace and how they they have a, a compelling way to to fill it. So I think all three factors were um were uh, were convincing and i should also say the top 10 every year is is always competitive i would say every pitch we saw this year was was you know just as good quality as it has been and uh it was uh it was certainly tough competition but that said and and i actually wasn't sure Traffic-driven gave a great pitch, but uh, I'm not a jury member, but I, I get I get to watch it all. Um, but I think it really was the storytelling component that they were able they were able to paint a really compelling picture of the future of what traffic-driven could could do to disrupt the industry. That that I think really uh, persuaded the judges. And you never know when it comes to the storytelling. You never know what's going to resonate people with people. Um, but you know, I think back to what Mike said about that rainy night when you just when you're just going through the motions and so you forget to write down some of the, uh, the the features in the car or something and just how um informal and possibly incomplete the process is uh of buying and selling a car and suddenly that makes me think just that rainy tuesday night makes me think yeah i want a, a standardized automated system that's going to do this right so good job, Mike. Thanks. It's, uh, you know, it's been, I guess, 30 years of experience on, on my behalf. And then um, I, I really want to bring up my co-founder, Marissa, because she's exceptional. And um, she's not from the automotive space whatsoever. She has a background in process engineering. Uh, and I, I actually like to joke that there's probably a special place in hell for me because I took her out of life sciences and brought her to used cars. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, Without her, we wouldn't be where we are. And um, it really is the team to execute. Um, as Angie mentioned, and, and, I, and Angie, I know you know this, but you know, Marissa has actually won New Ventures BC twice. She has. She has. Sorry, I, what's, what's her name again? Let's have her full name and say it slow so we can all hear it. I'll, I'll say it very slowly. It's Marissa, and her last name's Rezadi. Uh, she's Iranian. And um, she won New Ventures BC first place in 2016 as well. And, and I think, Angie, is that the first time someone's won twice? First time? I believe it is the first time someone's won first prize twice. Right. We've had a couple multiple multiple prize winners, but uh, yeah, I was thinking about it, and I think she's the first to get to win first twice, and that's 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 not easy. She, I, 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 uh, I full. I fully support everything uh, Mike just said about Marissa. She's been, she's a, uh, she's a force. And how often does Mercer bring that up in a given week? <laughs> None. She's very humble. Uh, not, not at all. Actually, I'll tell you that the entire way through, through like 
um, the first the first submission, second, third, fourth, every time, oh, I don't think we did well. I don't think we got in. I don't think we made it. And 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 the first of this phase two, I, I was reading it and I said to her, I was actually reading the email, I was on the phone with her at the time, and I said, if you're reading this email, you've placed in the top 10 and don't have to pitch your way into phase two. And and she just jumped up for joy and couldn't believe it. So And I think it speaks to how how humble Marissa is because she has won this competition before. She knows what it takes. And and she still went through every single process and and took advantage of the mentoring and all the resources and was extremely coachable. And I think um, you know, I think traffic driven overall was able to get good benefit as a result of, of that commitment. Oh, without a, without a doubt, and and quite frankly, um, she brought the competition to my attention and said, "I think we should enter this." Um, and we had we had just we had just entered um, Y Combinator to see if we could get into that, which we didn't. Um, and um, I said, "Yeah, let's let's do it. it. Looks exciting." And here we are. Tell me just a, a little bit about the your Y Combinator experience. Um, as many of our listeners will know, Y Combinator is one of the first and probably the best accelerator uh, coming out of Silicon Valley. Um, founders from all over the world compete to get into Y Combinator. Why do you think you didn't make it? You know, we, we didn't make it past the first stage. Uh, we submitted the we submitted the um, app the, the the application. Um, but there were no mentors there to guide you through it. Um, there was really no help whatsoever. It was here's your series of questions. You enter it on a website and away you go. We heard back, you know, in a month or whenever it was later saying, no, sorry, I didn't make it, but try again next year because lots of companies try twice. Um, and, uh, you know, and then Marissa brought up New Ventures VC and we did that. And then recently we just uh, entered CDL, so Creative Destruction Labs. Um, and we, we just did our, we, we got accepted. We just did our first, uh, session and we got accepted to the second session. I'm not sure if you're familiar how it works, but every time you have to fight your way to get to the next, to the next phase, you, you um, have to grow, you have to meet, uh, uh, agreed upon metrics along the way, right? You, you have yeah. a set of mentors who are watching mm -hmm. you like Hawks. Correct. Absolutely. And, and it's a different experience again. Um, because you know, they are, you're, you're not vying for a prize at the end. Uh, it's knowledge. And you know, when you, if you, if you do make it to the end, then it opens a lot of doors on financing and funding. Um, but one of the mentors there was actually that, that, that stood up and said, I want to be working with you guys, um, is the past CEO of auto trader. Really? <laughs> yeah. He was the CEO for 16 years. Um, and their family sold it back in, I think, 2006 for a very large sum of money to Yellow Pages. Uh, it's since sold again. But, um, uh, yeah, he really likes what we're doing and, and thinks that uh, this could be something super disruptive. So he's jumped on. And, you know, it's all the open doors. Like our new ventures, BC, I'll tell you that the, the, the final pitch that we did, and Angie, you just mentioned the pitch, uh, we worked on so hard, and and we had been we had just been doing uh, seed round investor pitches, uh, and we had been doing seed round pitch after seed round pitch after seed round pitch, and we still honed it and changed it and fixed it and tweaked it for New Ventures DC, and it was just the best bloody pitch we'd ever done, 
And we used it the very next day in a in a um, in another investor pitch and closed that investor like within five minutes of the end of the pitch. Um, so I, I really think that uh, the process you go through with New Ventures VC is 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 it's pretty. I won't say grueling. It's very demanding, um, but it works. And I got to say that you know we're talking about storytelling, and again the little. Uh, element that Mike slipped into the conversation. Oh, the former CEO of our biggest competitor, the company we're trying to disrupt, wants to work with us. You know, that's the sort of story that really sticks. So for our listeners, if you have stories like that, uh, practice telling them, try and surface them, try and find different ways to tell them, try and find a way to make them stick because uh, uh, they're out there and you've got the stories, but you have to be able to, 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 to bring them up and hone them and then use them as often as you can. Angie, Mike's told some great stories here, but I bet you have some great stories as well from uh, some of the other winners, the past winners of, of, of your startup competition. Can you share a few of the, the success stories that you've seen coming out of the program? For sure. I think success, I like to look at many different angles. So I think some of the more covered successes that of course I, I'll share are our companies like Epsellera. They went through a competition many years ago and, and finished in the top three and they IPO'd to lots of uh, of uh, great um, great uh, media attention earlier this year as well as their incredible impact on on the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we've also had a company named Jane Software go through and do well in our competition and if anyone's been to a massage therapist, physiotherapist, any type of, uh, you know, it's a booking software for 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 all sorts of different types of um, of holistic uh, booking. So I think uh, if, if Sorry, you can if you, you say the name of that company again, Jane Software. Jane, J-A-N-E? Jane. Yeah, like the okay. name, the name Jane. Yeah, look them up. And next time you're booking at your RMT or physiotherapist, I think there's a very high chance that you actually have used their software. So I take a look at them. Thinkific, another great company here in BC. It's an e-learning uh, learning management system platform, or sorry, content management system platform here. They also IPO this year. So those are kind of some of the the companies making headlines. But I always like to talk about, about how some of the great successes are companies that have also then given back and reinvested back into our BC ecosystem. So in our second year of competition, we had a company named Metalogics win. And and they they were uh, they were a migration software company and they sold several years later to uh, to a private investment firm and then since then the founders have all given back to the ecosystem and New Ventures BC as volunteer mentors as volunteer judges as um, as mentors to a lot of the companies and I remember several years later. Down the road, there was a company named AppBridge that entered, which was an employee of Metalogics at the time. So Metalogics, I believe, was a migration software to Google uh, to uh, Microsoft SharePoint. So AppBridge was created by a former employee as a migration software to Google Cloud. 
Um, so it kind of goes, it kind of follows how technology has also changed over the years because Metalogix was 2002 and AppBridge was probably, I don't know, eight years later. And uh, and then AppBridge later sold to Google. So it just goes to show you how how former employees of other companies, how companies that have sold, how every everything kind of kind of is a circle and it kind of goes back into the ecosystem. So we've really benefited from the the, the learned experience from past winners uh, and have been able to hand that over to, of course, the future and all the startups coming, coming, coming today. That's so cool. Uh, Mike, I guess I'd like to ask you, you know, your experience in the startup ecosystem in, in the, the lower mainland of BC, um, you know, coming out of, uh, the the car industry where I guess everyone competes in a very cutthroat fashion. Um, you know, you're looking at a very different culture in the startup community. And I'm wondering if you can tell me about what your first thoughts were about it as, 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 as you got deeper and deeper into the ecosystem and where you found the most support in the Vancouver area. You know, you're hundred percent right. Um, the, the culture is, decidedly different um and and i had experienced it once before I, I, I actually was working on a winery project and and i was amazed how wineries would all help each other out and you know you'd have no issue whatsoever telling you trade secrets and and here's the best way to do it and here's where the the minefields are and then i got into the, into the startup world here and it was the same thing you know we have a tremendous group of of mentors that have been working us right from the beginning that you know, have given us their time, have spent hours and hours and hours with us honing what we're doing and making us really think about the business. And that doesn't happen in the automotive industry, uh, not the same way, um, especially not in if you're in a retail in a retail environment and, you know, you go and ask another guy who's in the retail environment for 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 guidance and help. You get some from some players, but it's, it's not the norm. Um, and the startup uh, world here in BC, at least, is very open and and very willing to lend a hand and have conversations for people you haven't even met. It can be you know a an introduction um, you know thrice removed, if you will, and and still um, people are willing to help. So it's it's been it's been pretty awesome. And I would say to anyone out there doing a startup, um, ask for help um, because the resources out there are going to save you so much time, so much effort, so many wrong turns. Um, and, and just listen, um, and, and then make it happen. I've had some experience with, uh, you know, startup communities, uh, lower case S, uh, across Canada and also through startup Canada with the, with the official startup communities. And I, and my impression has always been that the Vancouver area, the lower mainland, you know, a really singular place with a, a big city with so much talent and opportunity, but, but also, you know, a, a real, I don't know, friendly, neighborly West Coast culture. I don't know. Is, is it something special? Uh, I think so. I think so for sure. Uh, I mean, to me, it's special and, and, and I didn't know it to be any other way. Um, but I, uh, in terms of, you know, versus Toronto or versus, you know, Calgary or wherever, um, it's, um, it's pretty exceptional. Mm -hmm. I find as, as one of many organizations working in the ecosystem, I, I've always found it to be very community driven. So I don't ever consider myself in competition with other startup organizations. We're here to, we're here to support the same audience and we all do it in slightly different ways. And I always tell entrepreneurs, 
find the organization that's that that that's the best fit for you. So that can be my organization, that can be a partner, and I'm always happy to refer. So we we really tried our best to to support each other, to share what everyone else is doing, to point entrepreneurs where where, where it makes sense for them to go. And it's it's probably one of my favorite things about about the ecosystem in general is 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 the willingness to collaborate. I was talking to a business leader in uh, in Vancouver yesterday, and he was telling me he bikes to work, you know, 12 months a year. Um, and right now in the middle of winter, you know, it'd be nice to think of the, there's an alternative to it. So, Angie, give me your best sell for entrepreneurs to start a business in, in the Vancouver area. Oh, wow. Well, aside from... Uh... Or BC in general. <laughs> I mean, I think first, in terms of a, a place to to start your business, we are a very temperate uh, climate, so you can bike to work <laughs> 12 months out of the year. Uh, it's a very open community. So like Mike said, if you want help, you can ask for it and you can find it pretty easily. And um, there's all sorts of different events online or, or hopefully in person soon. And and you get out there. There's so many opportunities. There's also a ton of government support and grants and programs that are that are already set up to support your starting point as a company. Uh, there's, of course, tax credits. The EBC tax credit is something that uh, I think has been used by many, many companies in our program. Um, and it is a different, it is, you know, the West Coast is a, is a different culture for sure compared to maybe other parts of, of Canada and, and it is different. So of course it's not for everyone. Uh, but the other thing I like to point out is it's not just Vancouver, it is BC. Uh, BC is a big province of course, but we have, as New Ventures, we have so many partners in Victoria, Kelowna, the, the Kootenays, Kamloops, uh, Vancouver Island, everywhere. And and we we all work together. We try to share resources and 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 promote each other. And we really are big on um, no matter where you you live in BC that there there's startup support. So we we even have a New Ventures BC has an online program for any early stage company living in BC to access for free. And, uh, and the idea is doesn't matter where you live in BC, there's support and there's support for you as an entrepreneur. So, so definitely reach out, reach out to New Ventures BC. And we're always happy to kind of be that, that first starting point and, and to direct you into other, other aspects of the ecosystem. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave out the Island or Revelstoke or Golden or Kelowna or any of those marvelous places. Uh, the, 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 they're all great. You just might not be able to bike in some of them. That's not all of them. This is true. <laughs> Although I was actually, I have a mentor I work with who works with companies. She lives in Fernie and I was talking to her this morning and she says, snow is in the forecast for the next few days. So maybe you can't bike to work, but you perhaps you can, you can ski to work or you can like, ski before work. So there are other perks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, how can people learn more? How can our listeners learn more about what you're doing and when you're launching? They can uh, they can sign up on our website and uh, trafficdriven.com. Um, there is a sign up there, and uh, you know we're we're reaching out to people. That's where when I said we're doing private beta auctions now, so we gave early access to to people who joined us a while back and just reached out saying, hey, this is what we're up to, and if you're interested. Uh, come back to us and that's um, that's how we're driving these early beta auctions. So by all means, sign up. All right, this has been a really interesting conversation uh, with 
two people from different areas, but talking about sort of the same thing, which is the the, the ecosystem for startups. And not ju- it's not just about Vancouver or British Columbia. It's about everyone in every community taking advantage of, of all of the uh, people and resources in your communities. So thank you, Angie Schick, the Executive Director of New Ventures BC. And thank you, Mike Wood, co-founder of Traffic Driven Technologies. On our way out, we like to share our very best, most actionable business tip for entrepreneurs, something that they could take away a, a really good idea or a thing to do that they could uh, put into action in their business immediately. So Angie, do you have one for us? I would say the number one item that I find is relevant to to the entrepreneurs we work with is to get out of the building, talk to potential customers. Customer discovery never ends. So keep keep on talking to potential customers, figuring out how you can continue to uh, meet the needs of your audience. Okay, Mike, can you top that? I'm doubtful, um, but but I'll add another one. Uh, and I think I started with it. I said, this is a journey. Uh, you know, it's, it's a million little steps and just really get out there and do it um, and just make it happen. And, you know, when you hit a bump in the road, keep going. Um, it's really just a, for, for me, I think the most actionable thing is that you just got to get out there and do it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Angie and Mike, for sharing your stories and uh, such good news about the innovation happening uh, in British Columbia. And we're going to be watching Traffic Driven very closely to see how you disrupt an industry that's well worthy of disruption and dragging into the 21st century. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you very much. It's been great. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. We'll talk again. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.